ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Oh, listen listen to the the tone, Steve. System of a Down, BYOB. Celebrating the shooting of one of their videos. Don't know which one. Don't care either. That sounds about right. Uh, let's uh, let's go to our guest line. If you happen to be watching us on QSportsTalk.com, you see our next guest live and in person, uh, SU Assistant Coach Jerry McNamara joining us here uh, for the next 10 minutes or so. And uh, Jerry, you know, we've... We've had you on in, in recent weeks, and uh, you know you've seen a lot of these go the other way. You know, one play you know goes the other way, and and you end up losing it. Last night, you guys made the plays, the one extra play or the two extra plays down the stretch of that game. Uh, congrats on the win, I guess. You know, in your mind, what did that game come down to last night? Thank you. Um, I think the big thing, the, the, the separating factors when I look at the stats of last night were the fact that we were as efficient. As were from the free throw line and we kept our turnovers low. Uh, so I think we finished 16 for 17 from the free throw line and and only eight turnovers. So you, you keep those numbers in that area. And I think, I, I don't know how many total free throws they took, maybe five. Um, so we don't shoot the three-point shot as much as most teams do against us. So you kind of have to counteract if you're going to be outscored in that area from the three-point line. How do you make up for that? Um, you get to the free throw line. You value the possession. Some of these games that we weren't able to close out, it was because of turnovers. We had a few late, uh, and that number was a lot higher. You're talking in the 12, 14, 16 range. Um, so, again, a good, really good defensive team in NC State to keep that turnover number to eight. Um, it's a pretty significant number. You know, we had uh, Alan Griffin on the show yesterday, and he brought up fast break points, and he said NC State leads the conference in fast break points. And, you know, last night you guys beat them at their own game, right? I mean, you had 21 fast break points. They had 13. Uh, could you speak to the defense, I guess the transition defense in particular, of knowing that they want to get out and run, and, and you guys did a really good job limiting that that last night? Yeah, we wanted to treat them like you're playing in North Carolina. You know, every time you go in and play a Carolina team that they're going to push tempo, push it up, and try to score early in, you know, early in transition. Um, one of the things that worked in our favor was was Smith didn't get off to a great start, and he picked up a few fouls. Um, but one of the things that we did a really good job of, because we defended without fouling for the majority of the halves, was we gave a couple fouls in the open court intelligently, um, you know, to stop a fast break and and try to limit them, you know, with the three on two or four on three situation where we're at a disadvantage and. Uh, anytime you have a team like that, you got to force them to score against our half-court set defense. And you saw when we had a couple possessions. I think when we took the seven-point lead, 60-53. I haven't, like I said, I have off-air. I told you guys I haven't watched the game in its entirety yet. I will after we get off. I think we had taken a 60-53 lead, and uh, bang bang. I think we gave up um, two transition threes. I think both to Smith, one of them being a bank in the corner. Um, which is incredible, actually, but uh, they're, they're just so explosive in the open floor. Um, but for the most part, we did a good job getting back, um, making them try to set in the half court. And when we had the opportunity, we gave a foul and tried to eliminate that option for them. All right, you brought up uh, fouling smartly. Um, I do want to ask you about the last possession of the game versus the last possession of the half. 
Last possession of the half, had a foul to give. You gave it. Uh, you left them with, what, two and a half seconds left, whatever it was. They didn't get it off a good shot. They didn't score. You go into the locker room up by four. Fast forward to the last possession of the game. Three-point game. Again, you guys had a foul to give. Um, I just assumed that you guys were going to give a foul there. Can you kind of walk us through the, the difference maybe of the two possessions and, and why you let that, obviously it worked, uh, why did you guys let that play out opposed to giving a foul? I think the biggest factor in that was the, the amount of time that they had. Um, I think we were still, by the time the possession started, again, I usually have these numbers for you guys, but I haven't watched it. I think if I remember It was, uh, it was 20, 24.4, yeah. yep. Yep, so... Um, you know, I think it was the time differential, um, the fact that they had so much time to operate with. Uh, I think usually you feel a little bit more comfortable when that clock is a little bit lower, um, where you're going to get in the scenario where you're under 10. Um, you know, but I know a lot of coaches, they don't follow at all. I know Bill Self is a big believer in that. I don't believe they follow, uh, regardless of, of clock situation. Uh, but we typically like to, uh, but I, th- I think more so, you know, from our experience, I, I think we like to see that clock inside of 10 seconds uh, to give you the best chance to to, to follow properly. Jerry, you know, I was talking, it, it sounds easy for us to say, but we're looking at this team last night. You have five starters in double digits, and it you, you see a pathway to this team being really good. And it seems fixable, too. Like if Jesse's just a little bit more efficient, if Chris Bell knocks down shots, that he can make, you know, if this team clicks on all cylinders, how good could it be? I think we've shown if we click on, click on all cylinders, we could beat anybody. Um, you know, there's there's been multiple games against high-level quality opponents that, you know, we can go down the list that we've had our opportunities um, to win. You know, you look. I look at the second half of the Virginia game. We got everything we wanted. Uh, if we had to play it all over again, I would hope that we get the quality of shot that we got. Um, you know, so it's just one of those situations where you could literally look at the scenario and say, "Man, we just didn't make the shots to win the game." Um, so I, I yeah, I, I've said I said as far back as a month ago, I thought this team was getting better. Um, and and one of the reasons I, I I look at our personnel, I mean, there hasn't been a guy that hasn't had the opportunity or, or the impact on a game that's completely changed it. Uh, you can go down the list with these freshmen. They, they've all impacted the basketball game. You know, Judah's done it all year. Uh, Chris, I think, has started to emerge lately. Justin Taylor has changed games. Malik Brown has changed games. Quadir Copeland's come in and changed games for us. He changed the Pittsburgh game for us. Um, and you know what you're getting for the most part with, with veteran leadership and guys like Samir, Joe, and Jesse. So, um yeah, I, I think they've proven that when we play our best basketball, we can beat anybody in the league, hopefully anybody in the country. And uh, your hope is that you start to peak at the, the right time. Uh, this is the right time, uh, March and uh, February into March. Uh, you want to be playing your best basketball. And, um, you know, we still didn't get contributions last night from Benny and, and Justin, who, you know, we know darn well that any night that, that we play a game, those two guys can be the factor in winning. Um so the, the fact that we have quality of depth, um, that multiple guys have been different, that have impacted the outcome of games, I think as a staff, you're, you're, you're really happy with those things, especially when the majority of those players are younger guys. What's changed offensively for you guys that you are getting the open looks? And it seemed the past two games, 
you, Judas found him, Jesse's found him, but Chris Bell is getting wide open looks. He, he, I think, you know, we do things a little bit differently, you know, in, in terms of how we, had, you know, game plan and attack. And, um, you know, I think the ball has found the right places in terms of where we're trying to utilize Jesse. And does that, you know, we talk a lot about pain touches and, and those pain touches can come from a guard or they can come from Jesse catching the ball deep. Um, you know, so regardless of defense you're playing against, if you get a pain touch, it collapses it. And if it doesn't collapse, you've got Jesse Edwards. And if the perimeter players don't collapse, but the bigs do, you got Malik Brown, um, you know, trying to clean up what's left of that possession. And if they do collapse, you have really good shooters and, and, and Joe and, and Chris, Justin, um, you know, and then if it's Judah and they send double because they're not worried about him on the three-point line, you saw it last night, he can cut off the action and get one going downhill. So uh, I think the ball is fine in the right places. And we've been able to counteract how they've played defensively of, um, you know, catching our secondary and third reads out of, out of you know, really our initial touch, whether it be a paint touch or, or working through just Edwards on the block. All right, there is, there's no doubt there's some momentum with this team now. Uh, and another big one, listen, they're all big the rest of the way. You know that. Uh, Duke on Saturday, uh, a team that, um, you know, they, they haven't quite lived up to expectations yet, and they're, they're tied with you in the standings right now. What, what stands out to you uh, about this Duke team that, that you've seen, obviously led by Kyle Filipowski, the, the superstar freshman? Uh, what stands out to you about this Duke team? They're like us. They're young. You know, you you, you look around this league and you see some of the teams that are at the top. You know, I look at a Clemson. I think they've got a lot of older guys. Pittsburgh's got a lot of older guys. Miami's got a lot of older guys. Um, Jeremy Roach is the only player on this Duke team that we have familiarity with. Um, they're a young group. Um, really, really talented. Um, they haven't been fully healthy. Um, Whitehead's more at full strength now. Filipowski got banged up in the Virginia game, uh, but played and had a terrific game last night against Notre Dame. So um, a young group figuring it out, but just like our boat, they can beat anybody they play against. Um, you know, Lively has really emerged. I've watched a ton of their games, and he's playing his best basketball. You talk about a great rim defender. Um, you know, the one thing you got to understand when you play these guys, and when you have Filipowski, Lively, and Young um, in the interior – that's as difficult a front line uh, to try to keep off the offensive glass as there is in our league. And uh, they're the best at it. Um, you know, we fully anticipate them trying to exploit that and utilize that. And, um, you know, Lively is, is one of those guys. He's, he's a constant threat behind your defense. Um, but then you have the head of the snake and Roach. Proctor's really played well. And Whitehead's a knockdown guy getting healthy. So uh, they've got all the pieces, but they've got a lot of youth. Same as us. So they're trying to figure it out and they're trying to peak at the right time. And, um, you know, again, these and they switch defenses a lot. I think John's done a really good job in terms of if you've watched them, they switch, they hard hedge, they soft show, they've mixed in zone defense. Um, you know, they, they've done a lot of different things with this group. And, um, you know, just just like I said, they're, they're, they're in a similar category as us in terms of young guys trying to figure it out. But when they play well and play together and. Uh, play as physical as they're capable of playing. They can beat anybody out there. Duke, Syracuse, Wake Forest, all 9-6 and six right now in conference play, tied for sixth place uh, in the ACC. Six o'clock tip Saturday, ESPN, Dickie V's coming to town. A lot of excitement around this team, a lot of excitement around this game. Uh, Jerry, best of luck Saturday, and uh, I'll talk to you on the, the TV side of things tomorrow. Sounds good, guys. Can't wait.
All right, Cuse assistant coach Jerry McNamara joining us here on the show. Yes, Paul. Duke two and six on the road. Yeah, man, and that was a. I was at the studio last night, so I was watching Syracuse and Duke. But you know, the ends of those games playing out at the same time. Uh, Notre Dame almost pulled that thing off. JJ Starling came up huge, hit a big three to cut it to two with about ninety seconds left. Made a layup to cut it to one with about thirty five seconds left. And then Duke hit a big three to to ice it, but uh, and survived by four. But that was a that was a close game. Um, everybody's trying to figure it out. It, it, to me, it looks like Virginia's the best team. I know I've said this, but Virginia's the best team. And then there's a lot of lot of good teams that anybody can beat anybody else on on any given day. And um, and Duke survived last night, as did Syracuse. Sets up a, a big showdown inside the dome come Saturday. We'll hit a timeout here again. The voice of the Orange Map Park coming your way in about ten minutes. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. 